Hi, Ben. Welcome. This is Ben's Dhammarama. Hello. So this is the third episode because I recorded the second episode twice and I bloody shut it down. So this is the third episode of Ben's Dharmarama, my way of filling the space and feeling like I'm doing something productive. Um, and there's a lot of uh, world stuff that uh, I love to talk about and I think this is a really good venue for me to be able to talk about what's going on. I'm pretty obsessed with the news and really enjoy feeding through it and finding out what's true and what's not true or what I think is that way anyway. But, um, you know, it's a deep dark hole and especially right now I'm finding that it's very negative. And so I, I wanted to start this episode with a bit, a bit from my Buddhism. Um, I've been pretty into Buddhism do going to groups um, multiple times a week for uh, at least the last year fully and then I've been dabbling with it for since I was about 15. But the premise of Buddhism is that we accept that there is what they call dukkha, which is like the suffering Um, that uncomfortableness, that pain, we accept that that is there and we find that the problems we have is when we push it away, we resist it or we cling on to different feelings that we want to feel instead of that. And so the key is to be happy. And the problem is that we look at happiness in the wrong way. And that happiness is not pleasure, but happiness is being able to sit in whatever is occurring right now. So you can be in pain and be happy. You can be sad and be happy. What we are looking for is not to get rid of these negative feelings. We're looking to be able to sit with whatever is showing up because in that way we can have ease and comfort and when we feel ease and comfort we are not adding to the stress of being a human so it is that there is suffering there is pain but we do not push it away we sit with it and we look where we are pushing emotions away, we look where we are clinging on to making things better, are we eating, are we smoking cigarettes, are we uh, drinking caffeine, are we, and these things are not necessarily all terrible and bad, but notice that it is only sitting with what is that brings ease and comfort. Um, For example, right now I find that I'm experiencing a lot of anxiety and grief. My therapist says that I'm experiencing trauma, but I think she's paid to say that. (laughs) Um, But I'm experiencing a lot of negative emotions and I'm definitely 
they come up and I'm trained to, okay, what action can I take to get rid of them? How can I change that? I'm feeling grief, feeling anxiety. Well, maybe I should go on and read the news. Maybe I should fill out a form to go get a loan. Maybe I should eat better. Oh, I should be learning an instrument. I should be making a podcast. Um, and what that does is it stops me being able to sit with what I'm feeling, which is naturally going to occur inside of me when I'm experiencing these things. And I'm pushing them away and I'm clinging to other stuff in my life that I'm looking to change how I feel and I'm making the problem worse and I'm not processing the feelings that I have and so they are getting bottled up and they'll come out in other kind of ways later. And that what my job right now is to do as a Buddhist is to sit with what is, let it arise, have a cup of tea with it, and then let it go to make room for what is next, rather than tensing up, pushing away, and clinging. I, that is a really difficult thing to do, and the way that they say to do it is basically that the reason that we have trouble doing that is that we have an untrained mind, a monkey mind. So we sit down in meditation, and meditation in the Western world, often people, oh, I'm sitting in meditation, whereas actually they're sitting in contemplation. Oh, I do, I do painting and that's my meditation. Or I do jigsaw puzzles and that's my meditation. Those are healthy things. But when Buddhism talks about meditation, they are talking about training the mind, the undisciplined mind, to focus on an object. So they have two types of meditation. And you don't really need to know what those two are, they're concentration and mindfulness. But you basically, you train your mind to concentrate on the breath, because the breath is always in the present moment. And when you concentrate on the breath, which is in the present moment, you start noticing when your mind gets distracted. And as your mind gets distracted and you notice the proliferation of thoughts, just as your heart beats, your lungs breathe, your mind will think, as your mind has proliferation of thoughts, you gently pull it back. And as you train your mind, it becomes easier and easier and easier to sit in the present moment without being drifted off into all of these irrelevant thoughts. Even though the more you sit down in meditation, the more urgent things that you need to write down and not forget stuff will come up or at least it will feel that way and then also you know that is mindfulness the awareness of what is going on in the present moment because then you apply and that's that's the you do that meditation not to make yourself feel better i don't meditate to make myself feel better i meditate because it trains me to be able to sit in what is right now bringing ease and comfort to my life. The Buddha, supposedly, I don't like when people say, oh, the Buddha did this and the Buddha said that. How do you fucking know? It was like written down with ink pens and in the woods. The, what has passed on the information is that the Buddha did not get rid of sorrow and pain and these negative emotions. Dukkha, they call the, the, the sort of the negative experiences of life um, 
did not leave him, they followed him forever. But he did not resist it. He allows them to come in and come out. So in quarantine right now, my job is to sit with what I'm feeling so it can come and go and I don't make things into much more awful and uh, more suffering than needs to happen. Um, so I will say, and if anyone were to ever say, oh, you should do this meditation, I'm not going to do it. Also, if anyone ever said to me, oh, you should listen to my podcast, I would never listen to that podcast. So you've already, you're already a better person than me if you're listening to this. But just sitting down and five minutes a day is better than 35 minutes once a week. And just sitting down and focusing on your breath and it will be uncomfortable at first. But no, it's uncomfortable because we are so used to just following what wherever our mind leads to go and we'll realize that our mind is not putting out you know disciplined educated profound thoughts it's just it's churning out nonsense um most for the most part it's just a lot of the voices and thoughts we have are not even our thoughts they are things that our parents said to us there are things that our friends said to us there are things that they are things that bullies in high school said to us um, so we sit and we just follow the breath. We notice when we get distracted and we kindly bring it back. And when we get distracted, we don't get angry with ourselves because the very act of realizing you got distracted, even if it takes you 10 minutes to do, which sometimes for me it does, the act of noticing that you're distracted is the work. And so... It's not a, Buddhism is not a program of pain and suffering, but you have to acknowledge that you will never outrun the pain and suffering and that you will never achieve complete pleasure. So the answer is actually to stop running and be with what is because the future doesn't exist and the past no longer exists and only exists in memory, which is a very bad source of information. Memory changes every time that you think about it. The only thing that exists is now and now and now and now. That is where you will find ease. That is where you will find comfort. Um, and I just talked for a whole bunch of time like I know what I'm talking about and there are people sitting focusing on their breath for 30 years and still are figuring it out. That is what I have learned and that is what has helped me in a way of moving forward. That is what is currently helping me during quarantine. Okay, next up, I'm actually going to talk about the world um, or mainly America. So what is bothering me at the moment is that we're sort of hitting this wall. I, I think yesterday was a huge turning point in Michigan. Um, basically, there's a whole bunch of people that organized this gridlock rally, thousands of cars blocking the streets, and um, people protesting, basically saying, you know, we are America, you can't lock us down, you can't tell us what we can and cannot buy. I can go and buy alcohol, but I can't buy a can of paint. 
I can buy alcohol, but I can't go into my cabin in the woods. You know, this was bound to happen. This is America. It does. It is built on the idea that the government was always about to come and do this. The problem is, is that we are dealing with ideology and ideology is all over the place and we're using it to battle a science. We're using it to battle a virus. The problem is, is there's a lot of information out there that is backing up. You know, when someone says, oh, they already have a, they already have lots of treatments for this. They just want to hold off because they have a vaccine they want to make and make money off. Oh, they can already get um, solved with vitamin C. Oh, the hospitals are empty because their numbers that they actually projected were way higher than what, what we're actually seeing. The, the, the death toll numbers are much lower than even the flu. And what we're seeing is that people are reading information, getting that feeling of being informed and excited about having an, an alternate view of what is going on. And they're going to start walking out of the houses and congregating. It is going to be a protest movement to get together in big events. And of course, that's going to spread um, the virus, but it's not going to spread it for another two weeks. When a dog eats shit, they don't get sick for a number of hours. And when the dog gets sick, he doesn't realize that it was because when he ate that thing... So they're going to start congregating and they're not going to, even when it is causing the spread of the virus, they are not going to be aware of it. And they're going to keep reading articles that are telling them to keep doing it. It's protest. This is a, we got a case the very same day that South Korea got their first case. And South Korea is slowly opening back up now because America, the way we could have fixed this was just to shut everything down tested everyone figured out where the cases were contact traced them and slowly for two weeks or maybe a month which we've already done we could have used that month properly and now we could say okay we can slowly let people back out people in san francisco did that and they are sadly gonna have to still wait now until south dakota is still not doing that you can't open a part of the country if another part of the country is being stupid. Um, we need to stop buying into conspiracy theories and realize the science behind this. If we do everything right, then it will look like we overreacted. But this is a virus that is affecting people of all ages. There's nurses saying that people of all ages... They come into the emergency room, waiting room, and within an hour, within an hour, they have gone downhill so fast that they are dead. So there are a lot of people in their homes right now who went downhill so fast, they are now dead in their homes. There are people in Italy now that they have sort of gotten a little bit of a handle on it. That's their job. They're going through homes and finding people and they're... Uh, death rate is going to go much higher. There are they just found um, more than a dozen pe dead people in an elderly home in New Jersey because the workers there, which you can't really blame them, fled. 
you know, would I be able to, you know, there's a nursing home right next to me. Once that gets big, are those workers going to stay there? Once they see a nurse of the same age in there get sick and die, are they going to stay there? No. So this is all, cons- I people people probably don't want to hear this, but basically we need to keep logical. We need to overreact. We need to just fucking shut this shit down. So that we can move on to the next stage. We can't move on to the next stage until we do this stage. And it's going to take us being very un-American and how to do it. Or else this is going to go on for fucking ever. And that's all I got to say about that. So lastly, what I want to talk about is something hopeful. I talked about how I'm using Buddhism to sit with the present moment, how I'm seeing the current like countrywide um, situation and, and what needs to happen to be able to move on to the next stage. And then the next stage is the future, which I am having trouble sitting with because it's like I've lost my job. Uh, the uninsurance claim that I put in and like everyone else, they don't, you can't get in contact with them. And then after three weeks now, they're saying, you know what, for the self-employed people, we're going to create a new system. It's called the Pandemic Response Fund coming soon. And it's, I'm okay. I can survive this length of time. I have the ability to do that. Lyft drivers, which are self-employed technically, God knows, I mean, they are lining up in bread lines. But like, there's this really beautiful article and my Auntie Sue sent it to me. I didn't read it for a while. And then when I read it, I was like, why did it take me so long to read this? But it talks about the idea of we get to choose. Our lives have been shut down and we've lost. Or at least we put everything on the shelf. We get to choose now what we pick back up off the shelf and what we leave there as sort of, you know, memorabilia of our past. And so we get to move forward and say, what do I want my future to look like? And I know I would like a lot of nature in my future. I would like a lot of self-autonomy. I don't want to go in my future and have a kind of life that I'm dependent. I want to be independent. And I want to be very connected. When I look back, my most happy times are that when I'm connected with other people, being of service in the lots of groups I've been part of, um, getting feedback, learning, growing, and admitting when I'm wrong, which has been very positive. And I think... It's really difficult to look what's ahead. I have lots of estimates. Um, I have lots of guesses of what is going to happen worldwide, sort of politically, politically, because I, I love that stuff. It, politics is my is my sport. But on a me and Eugene Ben level, I don't know what's coming ahead in this town or this state. 
you know, I have a partner. We're moving in together in two months and two months and or a week and a half. I've never lived with someone and I'm so excited to do that. That's what my new life looks like. I'm so fucking excited about that. Pumbaa is so fucking excited about that. His cat gonna fucking hate it. But cats hate everything. So, um, I, I have tried, I've tried, I want to say that I have this like great vision of the future. But what I will say is that I am very aware of tapping into like what makes me happy, what makes me joyful and bringing those things forward and what drags me down. Isolation drags me down. Um, buying possessions I don't need drags me down, which I don't really do. Um, not being autonomous drags me down. Being dependent drags me down. Being reactive rather than responsive drags me down. And I'm going to leave those things on the shelf and I'm going to walk forward and, 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 you know, it's going to be even harder to, to look at this when I'm, when my current, you know, internal situation is in a more sad, depressed place. It's going to feel a little bit more hopeless, but I move through that, you know, change is the only constant as I move from that emotional state to the next emotional state, I will come back to this place of being able to see what what I'm going to pick back up and bring forward with me in connection, in, in, in self-forgiveness, self-compassion, compassion for others, service for others, laughter, creativity. I have not had the amount of creativity in my life in the last couple of years that I need. And that's all I got to say about that. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks for listening, Ben. I really appreciate you being here. And I'll talk to you soon. Peace.